The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome to Big Technology Podcast, a show for cool-headed, nuanced conversation of the tech world and beyond. And we are going to do this episode emergency style, just going to throw it right up on the feed. No music, uh, because we have some serious breaking news. Um, There's been serious layoffs at Twitter. And I thought you might want to hear from someone who's been inside the company and can share a little bit about their perspective, about what it's been like, what it means, and where Twitter and the employees go from here. So joining us today is Simon Balmain. He was a former senior community manager at Twitter. Um, one of the many employees tweeting about his departure. It's been very interesting to watch it play out in public. And his tweet caught my eye, and he's graciously appeared to come and, and talk us through uh, what's happened. Simon, welcome to the show. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So where are you based? So I'm in England. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm in, I live in Birmingham, which is uh, in the middle of the country, um, just a couple of hours north of, of London. Um, so kind of between... Uh, working from home here in Birmingham and, uh, you know, going into the London office occasionally. Yeah. And now, um, can you share a little bit about how you, you seem to be fairly early, uh, because in Thursday, in, on Thursday, uh, Twitter had announced that it was going to do these layoffs and then, um, you, you tweeted pretty soon afterwards. So, so how did you find out? So, um, we, uh, we'd obviously been hearing these, can you, is my voice clear? Does it sound okay to you? Yep, loud and clear. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so we'd obviously been hearing about these issues, uh, these potential um, rumors of layoffs since pretty much since the deal was was completed uh, a, around a week ago. The rumor mill sort of churned into overdrive uh, with this idea that big layoffs were were on the horizon. Um, we got the email. Uh, everyone in the company, as I understand it, got this email uh, last last night. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty early hours of the morning in the UK. It was after midnight. Um, I tend to be up quite late because I primarily had been working with people in the US and working on products in San Francisco and on the West Coast. Um, so those are kind of my normal hours. Um, and within the email kind of said, yeah, there's, there's going to be this huge reduction in, in headcount. Uh, you will, if you're affected, you'll get an email to your personal email. And if not, you'll get something to your work email. And it was within an hour of that going out that uh, I noticed my laptop flash. Um, it had been sort of remotely uh, removed from the system and kind of set to the Mac security pin setting that you get when you sort of remotely wipe or, or revoke access to systems. Um, and after that, I checked and it was the same with uh, my Gmail G Suite access that was revoked, uh, my Slack access or revoked as well. Wait, um, that that's how you found out just everything? Yeah, that's how, that's how I found yeah. out, just everything just removed straight away. Yeah. Was there follow-up communication from the company after that? Yeah, there's there's been follow-up communication. Um, very... Let's just say very carefully worded. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, different countries, um, even different states in the US, different territories, you know, the, the labor laws can vary widely, right? Mm-hmm. And in the UK, we actually have pretty good labor laws. Um, 
So there is there is certain things that have to be said and certain steps that have to be taken and processes that have to be followed. Otherwise, um, you can find yourself in, in serious legal liability. Um, so certainly, at, at least here in the UK, and I'm sure you know everywhere everywhere else relative to to whatever local laws are, are applicable, uh, is paying very close attention to ensure that this process is followed. Um, and you know whatever if if that happens, then that's fine. Uh, if it doesn't, then we'll see where we go from there. Right. What What's the mood been like inside the company? I mean, imagine I know that you're in the UK, right? Smaller office than in in New York, San Francisco, but I imagine you're all connected digitally. Yes. I mean, I've primarily been working with mostly with folks in, in the US um, pretty much my whole time at the company. Um, I guess the... the can maybe we start? A, yeah. Maybe we start with like when Musk had, you know, agreed and then we can go through, um, you know, the various stages. So when, he, when you found out that Elon had, had was actually actually going to close this deal was there a surprise i mean it happened it's, it's hard to believe but it happened just a week ago yeah well it's the whole process even going back to you know april when he first made this offer has been just an absolute roller coaster of ups and downs and so yeah, talk about to, that roller coaster so, yeah <laughs> unpredictable um mm-hmm. he made he you know he made this offer in in uh in april um i suppose based upon the relative economic market at the time pertaining to tech companies. Uh, shortly after that, you know, global events that took place, like you know what's been happening in Ukraine and uh, you know various other things, um, caused the majority of tech stocks to you know drop quite dramatically over that time. At, at which point, it seemed like he felt like he had made a mistake and perhaps should have waited a bit longer, uh, and then spent the summer trying to get out of it. Um, while denigrating the company, the executives, the employees in the process. Uh, yeah. What was the mood inside the company while that happened? It, it was just bizarre. It was mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, nobody really knew what to make of it all, but certainly it was very distracting. Um, we We didn't get a huge amount of communication from the previous administration uh but it was more than we got in the last week from the new yeah. management to right. certainly um was there like a general sense that like okay this this deal probably once he tried to get out of it was there a general sense like oh he probably won't be the new owner or was it sort of like limbo i mean at, at one point it certainly seemed like he might uh might be willing to pay some kind of nominal fee to, to get out of it mm-hmm. um certainly seemed for a while that he that he absolutely did not want to to do it if he had the choice to and maybe maybe that's still the case maybe he didn't have a choice not not to do it at this point given what happened in in court um who you know who's to say it's a very complex acquisition matter uh but certainly when after the the judge um had agreed to this delay after he said that he was going to close it um I think at, at that point, you know, there was no way this wasn't going to happen. Um, and then, yeah. And so when he said he was going to close it, did, did that catch you and the employees by surprise? How was that perceived internally? Because he had spent, you're right, he had spent the whole summer dem- denigrating the company. So. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it didn't take me by surprise or mm-hmm. 
really anybody that I spoke to, not because and purely because it's it's hard to he's just he's a very unpredictable character um, that you know logically with most people you would think that if somebody spent a large amount of time saying hey I don't want to do this thing anymore <laughs> I'm not going to do it then they wouldn't do it um, so but that's you know you, you can't you can't predict um, what what someone like that does so I what yeah I wasn't surprised right and how did people react once he said okay you know this is going to close inside the company um It's hard. It's yeah. It's it's hard to say because again, even though he had said that, anything could have happened at that point. Like mm-hmm. he had, you know, track record had proven that what is true one day may not be true the next day, and what is false one day may be true the next day. I mean, it's 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 just impossible to tell. So it was just like this very prolonged, just waiting game, emotional roller coaster of not knowing what to think. Mm-hmm. Um, when I. I I think the real mood shift came um, on the day that you know the, the deal was closed, and he you know showed up at the office and, and fired all the executives. Um, right. You know these these are incredible people that that you know most people in the company have have had some kind of interaction with one way or another, depending you know, obviously what what um, department you're in, and to have that sort of chain of command just like broken at that level uh, was it was horrible to see and and i think at that point we knew that you know these big layoffs were pretty much inevitable plus plus the fact that there was no communication internally about any of this stuff right you would expect something and got nothing <laughs> and so how were people communicating how were they figuring out what was going on on pretty much on platform following the news following yeah Mm -hmm. following you know following the resources of of deep diving investigators like your casey newtons and people like that Mm -hmm. um yeah we're finding out a lot of stuff at the same time everybody else is right now there's this rumor that 75 percent of the staff was going to get cut people picked up on that inside yeah um that was that was the number that was Mm -hmm. going around for a few weeks um he did. Uh, he did say when he went into the San Francisco office that that number was not accurate, and he didn't know where it came from. Uh, I think it is probably not. It's probably not quite that high, but probably not far off either. Yeah. So, how many of the of the people that you worked with uh, closely are, are still at the company? Oof. It's really hard to say. I mean, I've I haven't mm-hmm. heard from from everybody. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I know that a lot of people are not. <laughs> it's hard to it's 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 a sea of people saying that, that they're not, and uh, the the odd message from somebody sort of sheepishly saying, "I'm still here, and I don't know how to feel." <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh wow, interesting. So, um, can you can you talk a little bit about the, the plans that that um, Elon said he wanted to introduce? Were were was there any excitement to? Well, actually, let me ask you this: what, what is your opinion about Elon? You know, or what was it before this all began? Um. So i I personally try not to really have too many solid opinions about people that I haven't met or don't know that are based on, you know, 
media or projections or mm-hmm. or whatever. I I try I try as a rule not to do that. So uh, while there certainly were people um, that were very anti him, uh, and certainly there are a lot of people that are very pro him, I I tend to find that historically I've just been quite neutral. I'm like I will judge people by their actions uh, if I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. that you've done or if i think it's a bad thing that you've done um and and tend not to make you know personality judgments on people that i don't know do you st- do you believe in the plans that that he laid out for twitter and and what will the fact that he's cut so many employees do to his ability to actually see them through that's a good question um it, given that i don't know the exact number um that, that's impacted but mm-hmm. i do believe it to be quite high uh i think it's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. And I think that there are people who, even if they have, you know, survived this, are probably very likely to, to leave of their own accord in, in the not too distant future. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult as, as far as, as far as what their plans might be. I think one thing that's pretty clear from the economics of this deal is that, He's on the hook for quite a lot of money in not a huge amount of time. You know, we're talking a billion plus in interest payments alone to the financiers every year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's more revenue than Twitter's been making. Uh, Obviously, you know, some of it is collateral against, you know, Tesla stock and and whatever else. And um, he's not going to want to, you know, have to sell other things unless he's forced to. So it's sort of this this juggling game for him, I guess. But I think what that makes clear is, is product wise, the focus is extremely likely to be on everything that drives new revenue and ignore mm-hmm. everything that doesn't. Um, right. That's interesting. That's my sort of crystal ball of it from from you know what I've what I've seen in the last week or so. Um, mm-hmm. I think my. My personal feeling about the broad direction of product travel is there's likely to be a couple of different things. And one of those is that there will be a large focus on um, uh, products that directly drive revenue to the company in that the user will need to pay to do X or Y. Um, And then the other one will be uh, a high priority uh, attempt at sort of creator programs, influencer programs where users pay other users and the company takes a cut for whatever mm-hmm. content or access or, or features they, they might uh, be able to use. Um, and I, I think between those two streams, that's likely to be the, the product priority for at least the midterm, if, if not the next few years. Yeah. I want to ask you a question that's sort of been um, with me since this whole thing started, which is that a lot of people have focused on Elon, but you know, you mentioned you didn't hear much from the previous administration. I guess you st- you started in November twenty one. Was Jack Dorsey still the CEO at that point? Jack Dorsey was still the CEO at that point. Um, so. Jack Jack stepped down. I think about two weeks after I started, and two oh, wow. weeks is kind of your onboarding. Yeah. So, <laughs> so tell me about yeah. How did that? What was the re- your reaction when that happened? Yeah, you know, I I was excited to potentially work with with Jack. Um, you know, I think there's always this sort of, um, you know, cult of the founder, as as they call it, um, and that that's you know, it's it's a real thing. You know, when you're the, the founding CEO, there's there's a certain amount of sort of mystique that that goes along with that, whether that's 
you know, uh, you know, warranted or, or, or unwarranted. Um, certainly with Jack, um, having, you know, gone through his journey of being removed from the company and setting up another successful company with uh, Block, formerly known as Square, um, and then coming back to Twitter, you know, there was, there was this, you know, that kind of element around him. Um, when he, the funny thing is when he stepped down about, you know, two weeks is about the general onboarding at, at Twitter. So those first mm-hmm. two weeks is just a lot of setting up your systems and reading this and doing that. And um, you're not really doing any actual work. But as I recall it, there's, um, there was a tradition of Jack jumping into a, um, a Google Meet um, call with, every batch of, of new employees on a pretty rolling basis. And that was actually in our calendars. And it was supposed to happen like two or three days after the day that mm-hmm. he ended up saying, you know, I'm stepping down. And so so that that didn't happen. So I was like days away from having that, you know, get this like, well, you know, group time, actually talk to Jack. Um, but from, from what I heard from people that had been at the company for, a, you know, a while at that point, um, there was a sort of general feeling that he had been kind of absent for mm-hmm. a year or two, kind of mentally checked out. Um, probably, probably since the stuff uh, in DC, honestly, and after he got called into Congress and all that stuff. Really? You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's the case, but the timeline mm-hmm. seems to seems to match up. Um, yeah. Does- does Jack, I mean, Jack said Elon Musk was the perfect person for Twitter. I mean, and then Parag, of course, you know, worked, you know, was his handpicked successor and you didn't hear much from him apparently, you know, during no. his time because the Elon thing came in pretty soon after. Yeah. You know, does the fact that that they pushed the company to Elon and now all these employees are out, um, do you have any reaction to that? Uh, it's a lot, there's a lot of people are talking about like Elon's role in this and of course not great. Uh in the, in the layoff, I, I feel like this layoff is 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 very ill advised. Um, you can't possibly know how to cut half the company in uh, you know in in just a couple of days. I've written that oh, like some of the stuff he's done is yeah. is good, but he's he's definitely like it's just a it's, it seems kind of reckless. But but so he deserves his fair share of criticism. But I wonder what you think about Jack like pushing the company to somebody who will, will would then go ahead and cut so many. Yeah, I mean, Jack is is certainly not an innocent bystander uh, mm-hmm. in in this turn of events. He's you know, a very active participant in this turn of events, mm-hmm. um, even having not been at the company for you know a year and not been on the board since I think May is when he stepped down from the board. Clearly, a very active participant. I think it's common knowledge that that Jack did not like the board and the way the mm-hmm. company was set up, uh, and you know it was. It was the existence of, of of that whole structure from the beginning that was what allowed them to to push him out when he got pushed out, and you know eventually he you know, made his way mm-hmm. back in. Perhaps yeah. perhaps due to there not being any better options um, at that time, um, but certainly it, it, it's pretty clear to me that the structure of of the company and the way it was set up has been something that he's been unhappy about for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, so on that, on that basis, you know, it's, um, there's no sense of betrayal there. 
it's hard for me to feel a sense of betrayal right. because you were on there for a couple of weeks. Yeah, because there. he did step down so quickly. What and, was and it I, like? Yeah, what was it like with um, working under Parag, where he was pushing the sale to Elon? Obviously, stood to make a lot of money on the way out, and clearly had an idea of what was going to happen inside. I don't think um, personally that communication um, during that time frame from the top of the company was as good as as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was a lot of just, you know, keep people hanging and tell them as little as possible. And you know, that just repeated week after week, month after month. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is that the level of executives uh, underneath Parag were incredible. There was some mm-hmm. in, absolutely incredible people there. Huge amount of respect for people like Leslie Berland, who was the CMO. Who's now out. Yeah, former CMO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the product heads. I, I was a I was a huge fan of, of Kayvon. Um, it was who surprising. Out, and then former head of product, former guest on the show. Uh, oh, you've had out. Kayvon on the show. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. We had a great Kayvon conversation. is fantastic. Yeah. I love Kayvon. Um, I was very surprised that he was... Fired. He was laid off, so uh, yeah. you know, fired earlier in the Apparently year. Apparently, he's um, back in Twitter headquarters now, which is interesting. That's a rumor that I heard. Yeah. Um, I have <laughs> I've yet to speak to right. anybody that personally mm-hmm. has been able to verify that rumor. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Kayvon, fantastic. Um, so many great people in the company. Uh, Tony Hale, who came through the Scroll acquisition, right? Just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, Rembert Brown, who was maybe Tony's also by the way Tony also laid off today he just announced it oh really yeah yeah wow you know more than I I mean I've been on the phone to press all day so Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um wow yeah wow Tony's incredible that's sad Mm -hmm. nobody is safe nobody is safe right what was the mood inside the company like over the last 24 hours or so before the actual notices went out. Like clearly, like this was something that was imminent. It was reported in the press. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about yeah the, the mood over the last day and and what what Twitter culture has has been like. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm just checking my calendar. Okay. Um, so there are um, there are fun um, sort of get together social channels in the Twitter Slack. Um, mm-hmm. very sort of general hangout talk vibes. Um, and in one of those channels for, you know, hours and hours and hours and on, on end yesterday, uh, basically every single person in the company was posting the salute emoji mm-hmm. as a sign of solidarity. And that right. just went on for hours mm. and hours and hours. Hmm. Um, Interesting. That was, yeah, it was, it was something, it was something to see. Um, yeah, general mood has just been hmm. just, yeah, all, all huge, hugely deflating, I think for a lot of people, but I think one of the things that props us all up is the culture, the, the sort of historical culture, um, of, of people within the company and people who had left the company is it, it's like a giant support network. Um, you know, even, even leading up to, you know, what's happened today and, and last night, you've seen, 
very, very influential people who are no longer at the company saying, are happy to do a referral, talk to me, whatever you need. Like mm -hmm. it's been, it's been like that with everyone. Um, and it's, I think this is, this is a pivotal moment in, in tech history, right? Because think about all of the people that came to the company as through acquisitions, who were CEOs, who had raised venture capital, who had had successful startups. It's mm -hmm. a lot of people and all the people that directly worked under those. Like I'm one of them, like Sphere, my company Sphere Messenger, the CEO of that was a guy called Nick Dialogio. Nick was the youngest person to ever get venture capital when he was like 15, sold his first company to Yahoo when he was 17. And this was, you know, his, his next company, you know, did the same thing again. Nick's, Nick's incredible. He's a genius. Um, I don't know if Nick has been laid off, but certainly a lot of the sphere acquisition people, including myself, have been mm -hmm. um, or believe that to be the case right now with the sort of lack of communication that we had. Um, and that's that's going to be the case for a lot of incredible people in the company. And it, it's, it doesn't seem to be from as far as we can tell, there's no sort of um, rhyme or reason to you know, teams or roles in particular or anything. It seems to be everybody, right? right. So you have basically a perfect mm -hmm. storm of, of, of C-suite executives, people who know how to get you know, VC funding, programmers, you know, designers, marketing people, community people, like you've got, you've got everything you need, right? And it's impossible for me to think that there won't be a bunch of new incredible startups that come out of this. Yeah. How do you respond to some of the folks who've said, I mean, I've been tweeting about this a little bit and I've been surprised to see like the lack of empathy from some people who've been like, you know, these employees had it coming or, you know, lay off as many of them as you can. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been getting the, the sort of MAGA people in my responses all, mm -hmm. all day um, in between, you know, a, a much higher percentage of, of people who actually do have empathy. Um, and the weirdest thing to me is that they can't even look at my bio and see that I'm in the UK. It's like, right. <laughs> what do what do I have mm -hmm. to do with, with your political climate, really? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, I don't know what they expect. Uh, because... There's a very there's a very real scenario, and I think you know the Verge and others had, had written about this that revenue gen directly revenue generating products take a take time to to you know properly design, properly implement, and to you know pick up support from people, um, and if you are losing your brand safety with your advertisers who are eighty five percent of your current revenue. That's a weird position to be in. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, I mean, it's a dangerous game to play. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a tweet right now because Elon just shared a tweet right before we went on air, right. and he said uh, Twitter had a, has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, even though nothing has changed with the content moderation, and we did everything we could to appease the activists. Extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. So, I mean, he is right that the content moderation policies haven't uh, haven't changed, but he is laying off lots of people in the ad group. And yeah, and, and, yeah. and you know, content moderation right. is it's not AI driven, right? Yeah. It's not machine learning. It's you know, there's elements of that to it, like anything in tech. But it's a manual job that real people are doing. And if you're yeah. laying off people that do that, then stuff's not going to get checked in in the way that it should. Um, 
And I, I suspect that he it's 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 potentially quite likely that mm-hmm. concessions will have to be made by him in order to, you know, uh, um, appease brand advertisers in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that some of these people who were very jubilant and joyful about this uh, might have a very quick turn of heart about those decisions. Um, right. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Let me ask you two more questions if I can. Sure. Uh, first one, what, what do you, you think, what's your view of what the future of Twitter is going to look like now? Uh, heavy focus on direct revenue generating products mm-hmm. in, in the short to midterm. Right, right. Um, well, we said that, but like successful, not, do you think that like, where does this end up? Where does this go with Elon? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, you can't really I, say, but like, what's your hunch? I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I mm-hmm. think I wouldn't be surprised if more advertisers pull their revenue, because mm-hmm. if we're honest, there's other places they're happy to put it, right? Twitter yeah. has never been for most big advertisers. Yeah, this is our like number one thing that we're going to put all of our money into. It just hasn't been that. Um, so if there's if there's risk or there's turbulence, there's instability, mm-hmm. they'll 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 shift it around. They'll move it wherever else. Yeah, you know, experimental advertising in the metaverse or whatever Zuckerberg's <laughs> doing. I don't know. Like yeah. you know, there's there's options. Um, right. So I would I would not be surprised if if that trend continues of advertising revenue dropping. Um, I'm not confident that a push on direct revenue products via users will pick up at the same pace that ad revenue may drop. It's it's a it's a dangerous game to be playing. Right. Um, finally, um, how are you feeling, and what's next for you? I'm pretty zen. I'm pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just in my nature. So yeah. um, <laughs> um, I did not expect my tweet to, to, to do that many numbers. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of goodwill there. There's been mm-hmm. recruiters in my inbox. There's been CEOs in my inbox. There's been all kinds of things, referrals, whatever else. Like I'm not, I'm not short of options um, for what I want to decide to do, to do next. Um, what I, my personal beliefs are very much in, in building trust, building empathy into the internet, um, you know, building open community products like that mm-hmm. as many people can use and, and have a great experience with. I think we need to get back to that, um, that sort of unrealized potential that we, that we all had in the earlier days of the internet, your late nineties and your early two thousands, when everything seemed to be a lot more open and protocol based and um, people operated with a lot more empathy. Um, yes, we need, to, we need to get back to that. That's one of the things I thought as I was scrolling through Twitter today was like, oh, like you might not agree with people. You might, th- you know, think Elon's going to do a good job with Twitter, and, and and I'm still open to the fact maybe he will. Yeah, um, wrote about it this week. There's some good things that he's doing. Um, however, like a, the the lack of empathy is, is tough to see. Um, yeah, I'm, let's is. end with um, by reading the tweet that you sent uh, right before we got on the phone, or a couple hours before. You wrote, hi, everyone. I have co- I have coffee and the sun is shining. Appreciate you all. Life is good. Don't forget to smile. Put on some Stevie Wonder Prince, Joni Mitchell, Nas, or whatever your preference is, and have a wonderful day. I just thought that yep. attitude was you know, so refreshing. And I mean, 
the one thing that I can tell is that you know the, the group of people who were laid off today, um, very talented folks, and the tech world is in need of, of solid talent. So eventually, everyone will, most people will, will uh, land on their feet. And um, absolutely, you know, I know today's a tough day. Um, I appreciate you taking some time to speak with us about it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Great. And if people want to find you or hire you, it's the best way to do it. Uh, so my Twitter is still up. I'm not planning on deleting it. It's yeah. SBKCRN mm-hmm. uh, or my full name on LinkedIn, Simon Balmain. That's where I'm at. Um, always yeah. welcome for more uh, recruiters or headhunting with interesting offers. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hey, Simon, last question for you. Are you, are you going to pay $8? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Twitter Blue never even launched in the UK. I only had it as a staff member, right? I see. Uh, so, you know, they'd have to sort that out first and, and then we'll see where we're at. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. Um, this has been an emergency show. Um, so a few bells and whistles, but thank you for being here with us. I thought it was important to get Simon's voice out on the feed, uh, one of the collection that we're, we're um, throwing out there uh, recently. So it's great to have heard from him. Um, Thank you, LinkedIn, for having me as part of your podcast network. Uh, thank you, Nick Guatney, as always, for doing the audio, although your finer prints aren't on this, so any problem was was my problem uh, this week with the audio. And then um, stay tuned in a couple of days, or maybe even tomorrow, we're going to have Sagar and Jetty and Marshall Koslov from the Realignment Promised Emergency Podcast about the U.S. midterms, so just dropping content on the feed left and right. Um, and uh, thanks to you. Thanks always for listening. Really appreciate you guys being here. All right, we'll see you next time on Big Technology Podcast.